Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Thank y'all for getting up and coming out here. And when we first started this first service, there was like four people that showed up. And now it's, it's really grown. So I appreciate y'all. I do. I appreciate y'all a lot. So uh, Save the Cowboys, a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. We are here to help you develop your relationship with Christ. We are not here to be Christians for you. And quite frankly, I'm not here to feed you. I'm here to whet your appetite, okay? I want you to be hungry for the word of God, not to be filled with just what I know. If you only depend upon what I know, I'm a skinny guy. You're going to be skinny too. You know, I, I, I want you to be, uh, I want you to be full with the Lord. And, and that takes an everyday practice. You know, I know with these clinicians like Ty and, and others that attend, you know, the, the one thing that they hate about it is that somebody will come in and they'll give them a bunch of instruction and a bunch of knowledge. And then that person never goes home and practices and then shows back up at the next clinic and then says, well, they didn't help me any. Well, you didn't go home and do what, what the clinicians told you to do. So my prayer is that, that you will be encouraged to go home, get in the word of God, develop your relationship with him. And then on that day, because that day will come for each and every one of us where we will meet God face to face. And instead of him asking who you are, he'll say, get on in here, cowboy. Come on in here, cowgirl. Been waiting on you. That's my prayer. But it starts today. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. So earlier this week, uh, we helped... Uh, me and Gary and Ty helped uh, Lee and Glenn Benjamin gather up a bunch of their cattle to prepare for their branding and, and stuff. And uh, whenever I was on the way towards Lyman, it was raining straight down and snowing straight down. And, and I was really questioning my desire to be a cowboy. And anyway, so we got there and it cleared off, but the wind was blowing and it was, it was kind of cool. And it, it was sure enough chilly. And Ty had to do chores out here, so he was a little late. And he come riding up just as we got everything gathered as we were waiting on them to pair up before we sorted them. And, and Ty come riding up, and he goes, I am really, uh, what did you say? I'm really questioning why I shaved my beard off. <laughs> so anyway, but you know, we're all sitting there, uh, and Lee's just fixing to hand out coffee. Because, I mean, it is. It, the sun was shining, but... That, that is one thing about here in Colorado. In Texas, if the sun's shining, it's pretty warm. Here, the sun can be shining. It can be cold. And so anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm wanting a cup of coffee and we shake, everybody shakes Ty's hand and we're sitting there visiting and Glenn looks over at me and he goes, hey, I went through something you went through. Just, I, I thought I was going to be like you the other day. Looked at him like, what? He goes, I listened to your message about that cow knocking you into the creek. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, I was fixing a water gap. This may sound real familiar, Robert. He said, I was fixing a water gap that had washed out. And so I had my big boots on and I walked out there and he said, I was fixing this deal and I was trying to stay right there. And he said, my foot slipped 
And he said, I went into my, about my waist. And he said, and I was going back for the nest tea plunge. And he said, I reached out with everything I had and I grabbed that top wire and it just kept coming. <laughs> and he said, it stopped me about right here. And I was, and pulled myself back up. He said, I hate getting wet. And so we sat there and, you know, he'd listened to us on the live stream and we sat there and, and laughed about that for a second. Lee got us all a cup of coffee and I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, he filled it up. It was a cup just like this. He filled this cup up this full. And so I'm sitting there and the wind's blowing 40 miles an hour and I'm, and so and I, I don't remember what, why, but Ty's on his bay horses to my left and I'm right here. Glenn's off to my right and I've got to get off Fiona. And I'm like, can I get off my horse without spilling my coffee? Well, one of the requirements for being a cowboy is a vastly embellished sense of self-confidence. Okay. You can't be a cowboy without thinking that you can do anything. Right. So I'm like, step off a horse with a cup of coffee. What am I thinking? I don't need no help. So I go to step off. And as soon as I step off, I'm riding a mare. Ties on a gelding. And the minute I get over like this, Fiona goes, and squeals at Ty's horse and hits my cup of coffee. The entire cup of coffee goes straight up in the air and lands square on my head. Just like nobody else got a drop on them. It went, it levitated. Guess what? I'm wet again. Glenn was very encouraging. He went, <laughs> shut up, Glenn. <laughs> I had a wool cap on and it was just dripping. Couldn't even say anything. So I had to go over there and get me another cup of coffee. Such is the story of my life. I always seem to do something like that. You know, you know what the most cowboys can do? Things that 99% of this world cannot do. We can go out and rope a thousand or more pound animal while riding a thousand or more pound animal with the great idea of using a rope to tie each other together. Not very many people can do that. They ride bulls. Bucking horses, and some of them will speed at, go full speed on a horse and jump off the horse onto a running cow and try to wrestle it to the ground. Cowboys can do things that nobody else can. As Ty said earlier, they get paid once a year, maybe. It's part of being a cowboy. But you know what the most difficult thing in the world for a cowboy is? Asking for help. Asking for help. Before I got off Fiona, I, I, and it's crazy. I remember this as clear as day. I'm sitting on my horse. I'm holding my reins. And I'm fixing to step off. And something said, hand your coffee to Ty. He'll hold it for you. I you might, he might have drank it. He might, he'd have held it. I don't know what he'd have done with it afterwards. But I remember it clearly. Just hand your cup of coffee off. 
Ah, don't need no help. I ain't going to ask for help. Did I do it? Nope. And got wet. Looked like an idiot. The hardest thing for a cowboy to do sometimes is ask for help. I've got three reasons why cowboys and others don't ask for help. The very first is because of pride. It's pride. I mean, and, and, and there, there's, you know, the Bible says stuff like pride goeth before the fall. There's nothing wrong with having pride in what you do, but there's, that, that's a good sense of pride. We should have pride in what we do. Do everything as, as, as if unto the Lord, right? But there's another bad side of pride that, that we elevate ourselves above others, that we think that we don't need anybody else. There's that set of pride. I can do it myself and I don't need nobody's help in doing it. Every stinking cowboy I've ever been around is like that most of the time. Now, sure, there's a difference in inviting people to a branding and and stuff like that. But I'm talking about on a day-to-day basis, most cowboys will nearly get themselves in a wreck because they won't ask for help. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, it says this. Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. See, that, that, is, the, uh, that is the antidote to pride is humility. It's when you don't think you're better than anybody else. When, when, when you don't care what anybody thinks of you for, for asking for help or, or anything like that. See, when God told Moses what he wanted him to do, you know, he appeared, you know, the whole burning bush thing, you know, that thing. Moses kind of made up a bunch of excuses of, of, you know, why he didn't really want to do what he was told to do. But in the end, Moses told God, he's like, I can't speak in front of the most powerful man on earth because I stutter. My tongue gets tied. And so God said, well, I'll send Aaron, your brother, who, by the way, is on his way to meet you right now. I'll send Aaron with you to help you. And did you know, as Moses is making excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse, when God offered him help, Moses never tried to back down again. He's like, okay, thank you. And look at what he accomplished. I mean, the Jewish people today still celebrate what Moses did of leading all of them out of Egypt from slavery and leading them to the promised land. I mean, Moses is, is, Moses was one of the two at the transfiguration. Abraham wasn't at the transfiguration of Jesus. It was Moses and Elijah. And even Moses needed help. Because he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. He knew that he couldn't do it by himself. And, and, and we can look at, at, at making excuses and everything, but, but maybe Moses just knew himself. And you know what? In order to know yourself and be honest with yourself, that doesn't take pride. That takes humility. Moses knew his limitations and wasn't too prideful to ask for help. 
the number one reason, maybe not number one reason, but a reason that cowboys don't ask for help is because we've got this overinflated sense of pride. I can do it, right? The second reason that cowboys don't ask for help is because most of us are control freaks. Yes. I mean, everybody besides the pastor, (laughs) the biggest one in here, I'm telling you. Control freak. Nobody can do it as well as I can. And quite frankly, I don't want them to because you're just going to make my job harder, right? It's, it's the way it is. It's the mantra of the control freak. And, and the sad part is, is most of the time, that's probably correct. Because I guarantee you, if I ask your help for, with Save the Cowboy, you can't do it as well as I can you might be able to do it better than I can. You might be able to do it nearly as well as I can, and you might just screw everything up. I don't know. But we're too afraid to take that chance because it's kind of, it's kind of selfish. We don't want it to make it harder on us. It's all about us being a control freak. I can do it all myself. And if I do it all myself, I can gripe and complain about doing everything myself, right? Because that's what we do, right? Well, I can just do it myself. You okay? Well, nobody will help me. <laughs> well, duh. I probably shouldn't be telling you all this. I'm kind of giving you a sneak peek in to save the cowboy from the pastor. I'm a control freak because if everything goes right, I can say, yeah, thanks. I've been, I've been working really hard been working really hard. Thanks. And if everything goes wrong, I can say, well, it wouldn't have happened if somebody would just help me around here. It happens. We all do it. It's not just cowboys. We're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. In Exodus 18, it's about two books, atras, happy Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Dave. <laughs> and happy birthday, Caitlin, who's got the greatest birthday ever on Cinco de Mayo. Yesterday was May the 4th, be with you, Star Wars Day. Today, Cinco de Mayo. You know what tomorrow is? Cinco de Mustard. Three people got that. Mayo. I'm never telling y'all a joke again. Turn to Exodus 18. Still don't get it. Mustard and mayo. I'm praying for all of y'all right now. Right? I might need to spoon feed some of you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Exodus 18. Moses has led everybody out of Egypt, right? They're in Egypt or they're out of Egypt. And Moses is working himself to the bone. You know, <laughs> some people take care of 200, 400, 800, maybe a thousand heady, you know, yearlings or something like that. Moses has got like 3 million people and he's doing everything by himself. Well, his father-in-law comes for a visit. His father's name is Jethro. No, not the Beverly Hills one. 
This is before Beverly Hills. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brings Moses' his wife and his two boys to see him. Jethro sees Moses. And I'm sure he looks frazzled, right? I'm sure he looks frazzled. Jethro asks him a question that I think is amazing. In Exodus chapter 18, verse 4, Jethro asks him this question. And I bet I asked myself this question after I read that this morning. I just sat there like, yeah. You know what that question was? What are you really accomplishing here? I mean, Moses just defeated Pharaoh, right? He freed millions of people, millions of people. And yet Jethro says, what are you really accomplishing here? And then Jethro gives him some advice, some fatherly advice. In verse 19, Jethro says, hey man, you be the boss, okay? You be the boss. And then in verse 20, Jethro says, hey, teach these people, give them God's instructions and show them how to conduct their lives, right? So he says, you be the boss, you teach them, give them God's instructions and show them how to conduct their lives. And then he said, but then select some honorable men, some honest men and appoint them as leaders according to their capabilities, some over 10, some over 50, some over 100, and some over 1,000. And let them take care of the little stuff. Let them take care of the little stuff. Man, you're sitting here, you're answering questions. You know what the most asked question is? This is the most asked question at Save the Cowboy. What time is church? I answer that question literally probably 15 to 20 times a week. From people that's been coming for years. What time is church? It's been 10, 15 for eight years. And for two years now, it's been 830. But, but we've never missed a Sunday. Not one time. Well, except for Palm Sunday. But, but we're still here, Right. What time is church? Sometimes I need to find me some people that can answer that question. That's what, that's what Jethro is saying. And you, you don't have to answer what time is church. Okay? You answer those hard questions. Tell them to send all the major disputes to you. That's in verse 22. And then in verse 23, Jethro says this. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and the people will go home in peace. You need some help, cowboy. You need some help. There's nothing wrong with asking for some help. Then you will be able to endure the pressures. We don't ask for help because of pride. We don't ask for help because we're control freaks. And the third thing that I will talk about, I don't know that this is the last thing, but the third reason that we don't ask for help is because we're scaredy cats. 
scaredy cats. We don't ask for help because we're scared that it will be a sign of weakness or that somebody might see that we don't really know what we're doing. And none of us really know what we're doing. We may have a good idea sometimes, but I mean, most of the time we don't know what we're doing. We're just doing the best that we can. And we don't, uh, we don't want other people to know that or see that. We don't want others to see us fail. We don't want others to know that we really, we may not know exactly what we're doing. And you know what? We don't want others to know that in the back of our mind, we're thinking, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? And lastly, we don't ask for help because maybe we're scared that we'll be held accountable. And I think that's the scariest thing of all is for somebody to look at you or look at me, put their arm around me and say, you know what? You're capable of more than you're doing and you know it. That's scary. That is scary. And when what we're capable of doing that we don't do is ask for help and teach and instruct and show them and, and give a little bit of that stuff away. But asking for help isn't a weakness or failure. It is a strength and can lead to success. As a matter of fact, it might be the only way to success. Because in Exodus chapter 17, we were in 18, go back a chapter, Exodus 17. The Amalekites or I don't know how you say it. These people have come and attacked Israel. So Moses says, hey, Joshua, grab some boys and y'all go kick their butts, right? And he said, and I will stand over the battlefield and I will hold the staff of God above my head and we will be victorious. Joshua grabs some good old boys and they go. And as long as Moses is holding that staff up, guess what? Man, they tearing them up. They opening up a can, but the battle keeps going. Moses gets, <laughs> wait a minute. I didn't know it was going to take this long. <laughs> Whoo, arms are burning, right? So when his eyes, when his arms grew tired, they began to fall. And as they fall, <laughs> they start the other army starts taking the advantage. Well, Aaron and this fellow named Her, not Ben Her, he's another Her. They grab a rock and they set it down so Moses can sit on it. Right? And so he sits down, but his arms are still tired. It don't matter if he's standing or not. And his, and his, and his arms start to fall and the Israelites start to get beat again. So Aaron took one side and Hur took the other side and they held Moses' arms up for him. And the Israelites wiped the floor with them. Wiped the floor with them. And in Exodus 17, 13, it says, as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. As a result of What? of Moses getting help. 
of Moses getting help. Sure, Moses is the one that held the, held the staff up, but you know what? Two other cowboys held his arms up for him. And we need Aaron's and hers, and we need some Moseses. Moseses. People like Moses. We need some of those people that aren't afraid to make a bold statement, but ask for help as well. I want to be one of those that can give God all the glory. Asking and accepting help isn't a weakness or a failure. Actually, asking for and accepting help is the key to success. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. We are never, listen, we were never meant to live this life or complete this mission alone. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you were meant to do all of this all by yourself. We need to let go of pride, selfishness, and fear in order to grow and succeed. Now, I talk about this quite often. Share each other's burdens, but carry your own load in Galatians. Well, my simplified cowboy version of that is you got to ride your own Bronx. But don't be afraid to ask someone to snub for you. And if you don't know what that means, find a cowboy and ask him for his help. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we need your help. We need your help every single day. And we know that oftentimes you send your help in the form of others. Let us never be afraid to be a neighbor or to rob someone of the blessing of helping us and being a neighbor to us. And it's Jesus' name I pray. Amen.